Welcome to the Create a Relationship You Love Summit. I am your host, Andrea Carella, and as you know, the benefits of this summit are to help couples create satisfying relationships and to be able to communicate authentically with more passion, harmony, and understanding. And I'm so excited for our guest today. We have Dr. Erica Goodstone, who is going to be talking about love, touch, and sexual passion and how couples can enhance the quality of their relationship. She helps couples reawaken their passion and love for one another throughout the different phases of their relationship. So she's going to offer some really great information on touch and how to incorporate that in the day-to-day dynamic with your partner. Welcome, Erica, for, and I'm so excited to have you on our show today. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Great. Wonderful. Well, um, tell me a little bit about um, your background and how you focus on touch and then the mind-body connection and why that's so important for couples. It started, I think, when I was teaching health and physical education because I was doing a lot of physical activity and always hurting. I thought that was natural, but I discovered that there were these body therapies that could help me. I took Alexander, Feldenkrais, Traeger, Polarity, craniosacral, massage, neuromuscular, on and on. I had all different kinds of treatments, and they made a huge difference. And then I discovered through Alana Rubenfeld, who was my teacher, she created what's called the Rubenfeld Synergy Method, which combines some of the touch therapies, Alexander and Feldenkrais movements, with Gestalt therapy and Ericksonian hypnosis. And I saw her work with someone in a community at a conference. Someone's lying on the table and the group was around her and she said she had pneumonia. And then when Alana was talking further with her, she was feeling as though everyone was sitting on her chest, her husband, her mother, and other people. She just felt so pressured. And when she said that, she started coughing. It was like she was releasing the issue that was stored in her body. So that fascinated me. It brought together the mind and the body. And through that, through those experiences, We also had spiritual awareness as you release what's going on in the body because I believe that we are all spiritual beings inhabiting a physical body Mm. so that we don't always realize that. We think we're just a physical body. But as you do this kind of work and receive the kind of touch that I'm talking about, worlds open up to you. And then I was getting my doctorate in human sexuality, marriage, and family living. So I have kind of put this all together, and I always use the gentle touch as part of my program and what I offer. Oh, wonderful. And I love how you bring this multidimensional focus. I'm very much in alignment with that too, The how the heart, mind, body, and soul are all part of the package. And we basically do ourselves a disservice by focusing on one without focusing on the others. So I love how you merge uh, those four areas, and there's probably others as well, when working with couples so that they can enhance their connection. I'm curious, how have you helped partners use touch? And if you can, for some of our audience members, 
to be able to give them some tips and tools on how they themselves at home can use touch to soothe, coerce, be able to manage conflict and different influence one another in those moments that are most challenging and throughout the day-to-day life of the couple. Well, I have a few things that I want to talk about, but I'll begin with the fact that touch is actually our primary language of compassion. And there was a very interesting study that was completed at DePaul University. It's in Indiana. The study had participants put their arm, it was like blocked off and the arm was sticking out and a stranger would touch that person's arm and they were touching with a certain quality. They were either touching or attempting to reveal compassion, anger, love, fear, or other emotions. So it turned out that when a woman was trying, she was the person touching, trying to communicate anger to the man who was receiving, he didn't get it. He had no idea that she was angry, which was an interesting finding. And when it was a man touching a woman, now remember, this is a stranger, they're not seeing each other. He was attempting to show compassion and she didn't get it. So that is a fascinating study that reveals so much of what goes on in our relationships, not just with the touch, but with the words and with the body expression and everything, that we are missing each other because the male brain is so different from the female brain. And the the male brain is one-sided and the female brain, it branches both sides of the brain. That's why women have so much going on, so many thoughts, so many reactions to whatever's happening, and the man can be focused. Mm, absolutely. And I'm, I'm curious how our touch or lack of touch sends messages to one another and how that impacts the couple. And then how can couples, what can couples do to try to bridge that gap so that they can feel close and connected again, or be conscientious of those nonverbal cues that may push their partner away? Do you have any uh, examples of how we can grow and implement some of this information? Yes, but I would like to start by adding some amazing information that most of us know nothing about. And that is that our gut is like our second brain. And I have just a few little facts about it. It has 500 plus million neurons, one two hundredth of the number of neurons in our brain. So our gut is feeling a lot. And it has five times as many as the 100 million neurons in our spinal cord. So a lot is going on in our abdominal region that we don't realize, but we feel it. Somebody says something and you feel a knot in your stomach and you don't realize how much that's affecting your whole body because there's neurons going everywhere. And 90 to 95% of the body's serotonin, which is the feel-good hormone, is found in the gut. So that if your gut is tight, if you're feeling stressed out and upset by what your partner did or by your work or whatever, your children, your family, whatever you're stressed out about, that can have such a huge effect on your response. 
And of course, the sexual organs are in that area. So if you're feeling all tight and stressed out and you're affecting those neurons, uh, you're not going to be as loving or you're not going to respond as lovingly. Mm. And another aspect is that 50% of the dopamine, another important hormone for novelty and excitement, is also stored in the abdominal area. So it's very important to trust your gut and to be aware of it. So if you feel something going on, not to ignore it. Mm. This is where the couple communication is so important. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And, and so, would, go ahead, tell me more. I'm curious. And, and the other part, which, not other part, there's many parts to this, but another aspect is the energetic field. Like, there are body therapies like Reiki and therapeutic touch and other kinds of healing touch that work mostly on the energetic field. So, we may think, oh, that's, you know, nonsense. But all you have to do is think about sitting on a bus or a subway a little too close to someone whose energy is tense. And you know how annoying that is. You can feel it. So that happens in our intimate relationship. If someone goes right past your energy field, which a lot of men do, a woman is washing dishes or something at the sink and he comes right over and grabs at her. There's no feeling there because she's focused somewhere else. Her energy field is kind of closed off. So if you watch a romantic movie and you see the people a distance away looking at each other and feeling that energy, there's a real physical energy in the air that you can't see but you can feel. And it can go very big distances. So... That's an important thing to be aware of for couples. Mm. So in workshops, I've done some work with you close your eyes and you're holding each other's hand and you're attempting to portray um, affection, tenderness, and then anger. And, and, you know, so you get to feel the difference. Mm. Absolutely. Because sometimes we're, we feel these things and we don't realize that we could be sending signals in our environment, either positive ones or, or negative ones. And so being responsible for that and managing that or communicating that or trying to shift out of that into a more loving uh, and conscious, intentional way is, is going to be really important. I know uh, for me, I when I first met my husband, I was I was tra- getting trained in Reiki, and I remember saying, "Oh, I'd like to practice on you." And I remember touching his heart, and he looked at me, and his eyes got really bright, and he had a smile on his face because he could feel the loving energy that I was sending to him. And touch is such a powerful thing. I remember seeing something pretty recently of an infant that was almost dead or pronounced dead or something, but the mother was staying there and touching and child came, came alive. Mm, mm-hmm. and, and somebody holding a person's hand when they're in a hospital or just being there with the intention to touch, even if you're not touching. Mm, yeah. So the other side of that is you can have a partner that they don't touch with just to feel your body and just to touch and to soothe you. They're touching for the intention of getting something, Mm. having sex, 
getting a gift or winning you over for something. And you can feel those intentions if you're paying attention. Right. It doesn't feel, doesn't feel clean and clear. Sure. And I, I would imagine, I, I have an image in my mind, you know, you know how in those moments when people are handing out little pieces of paper on the street and mm-hmm. they're kind of pushing the paper like, here, take the paper, take the paper, and that energy that's being sent, and we can replace that with maybe a husband or a wife that's kind of pushing, pushing to connect, the partner's going to want to move away just like we would when somebody's wanting to hand us these pieces of paper. It's just an energetic shift. And so being able to to know how to use that energy in a very intentional and loving way rather than in a demanding way uh, around sex uh, is important. Can you help our audience understand the difference and how we can use our energy fields to create more passion and pleasure as opposed to coercion and pushiness or demand? What a great question. I think that's why meditation is so popular now. It's so important. Years ago, people hung out and they played. We were more relaxed. Now everybody's got things they have to do and intentions and they want to get it done and do this and do that. And sexuality and love doesn't work like that. Mm. Having patience works. Allowing the person to be who they are is what works. So what happens with couples very often it is a dance. One person um, backs away a little bit or they're just not as available. The other person wants connection and they keep wanting it and pushing for it and asking questions and and that's only going to push the other person away further. Particularly... Mm-hmm. Men are the ones who tend to back away because the women are often more comfortable with the communication and the man may not even understand what he's feeling. So you kind of push him to open up and talk about it. He feels so inadequate because he really doesn't understand what he's feeling and then he feels whatever I say is going to be wrong. So he's just going to back away. It can go the other way too. So patience and understanding, allowing your partner the space to be who they are and to express what they feel when they feel ready to express it. Mm. It's not easy. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because there is this interesting dance between trying to get emotional connection and that typically can be the woman that's trying to get that emotional connection and the man maybe moves away. And then in, in sex, primarily, it can, it can look the other way. It's not absolute, but where the, the man maybe pushes for sexual connection and the, the woman moves away. So can you talk a little bit about that and, and how to maneuver through that so that there can actually be closeness rather than moving away from each other? Well, I used to say, and I, I guess it's still true, that when there's an emotional issue, the woman will drag partner into marriage therapy or marriage counseling. But when there's a sexual problem, the man will drag the wife into the counseling. Mm -hmm. I've seen that, and it's just the way it seems to work. But to get in touch with that is really like, first of all, knowing yourself, knowing your own needs. What do I really want and need? Maybe I came from a very affectionate family, but maybe this other person didn't. 
So what's comfortable for your partner might be not to touch too much and to have their own space. So that can be very painful for a person who wants a lot of touch. But if you keep touching this person, they can just feel invaded upon and uncomfortable. So it's something that requires communication and communicating that you love this person and that it's a need that you have. And you may be able to teach that person how good it actually feels to be touched so that they may open up to it more. Mm. But I have also found that if one of the people has had abuse in their life, it's not easy to open them up. And the worst thing you can do is be pushing them and pressuring them. Mm-hmm. Gentle, giving space and gentle and soft touch, touching the shoulder, just gently getting them to feel safe. That's such an important quality. Mm-hmm. And if that is so difficult to do together, you know that you love each other, but there's some kind of block, that's where counseling can help, and particularly body oriented psychotherapy, where each of you receives some form of touch and communicate. Great. So if you were to give us kind of three tangible tips that couples could apply at home that are on the call to create that mind-body connection with one another, to really start building that trust that you talk about and creating that energetic connection and that spiritual and mental connection, what are some examples of some exercises that that are simple that they can get started on to start that process. Yeah, I have a few books that you can find on Kindle, really inexpensive books about touch and about healing, and they give exercises in there. You can sit with each other and close your eyes and touch, and then touch with a certain intention. And let the other person tell you whether they really feel that way or what they feel. So you discover you know, what it feels like to touch each other in an intentional way, like what you may think is gentle might feel very harsh to that person. I remember once doing a little bit of a Traeger type of body work was rocking, and that person felt like it was violating because they were expecting just to hold their head, and I was moving their head. So the first thing is to touch each other, not in a sexual way, just in a sitting together, touch. I mean, even sitting and watching TV, sometimes a partner is annoyed by the other person's touch because they're, they come over and they're rubbing all the time rather than holding and it doesn't feel good. So one thing is to practice together to touch. Another is to touch your partner with an intention to discover something like you want to feel say you're just on the person's forearm feel the texture of that person's forearm feel how warm it is feel if there's any response if the tissue is responding or resisting instead of touching it in the way you think you should and rubbing and rubbing and tickling or whatever you're doing which is all on the surface but to touch the other person with an intention to learn rather than to do something. That's so important, not to be doing something. Mm -hmm. And another thing that can be done is to sit opposite each other and close your eyes and both of you pick up your palms, 
facing each other and with your eyes closed, start a distance away and sort of move toward each other and just don't go fast so that you start feeling that energy between you, between both of your palms and feel it, like get a little bit closer, feel that energy and just notice how far away from each other you actually feel that energy. Mm-hmm. That's important so that if you are really wanting to be intimate, you don't have to go right in and grab the person like you see in these movies. When you see them rush in and grab each other, it's also because they've been waiting a long time and the energy and the feeling has been building up. They haven't been doing it. Then all of a sudden they get together. But if we do that too soon, there's no feeling there. Mm. Absolutely. And I I would imagine, I I think that that's a wonderful starting point rather than jumping in and rushing into it, but really, especially just building from the beginning and communicating, opening up that space to to talk about what's going on, what you're liking, what you're not liking, what you're feeling, being connected to your own body and the process so that you can be fully connected to yourself as you're connecting with somebody else. Now, if couples are now, you know, maybe they've been married for a long time or they've been in partnership with one another for a long time and the relationship evolves over time from couplehood to parenthood to being empty nesters to transitioning through midlife and menopause and just different hormonal changes, can you guide us through how couples can stay connected uh, intimately through loving touch along those phases as the relationship is evolving over time and how couples can maneuver through that together? What comes to me, the first thing is to really be grateful to appreciate this person who has spent all these years with me, this person who has stayed with me, who knows me in so many ways. Very often we don't appreciate that person. We feel like we know them so well and we look at the negatives and the ways they haven't been there and we look at someone else, they look better, they sound better, it's all new. So is there a way for the two of you to create something new together? One thing is you can go for counseling together. You can go to take a body therapy training together something you've never done, and touch each other in a different way, touching each other to listen to what's going on. Another thing, as people get older, they have a lot more, usually, a lot more aches and pains, like your shoulders bother you, your feet bother you. So instead of attempting to get intimate quickly, what works is maybe to give each other a little foot massage. You don't have to be a pro at doing that. You just have to be touching and caring and soothing the person, like find out where does something bother you and start there and soothe the person. So that's what I would say is pretty important in terms of touching. As you said, started to say something before about keeping the distance and um, getting to know each other and communicating, that doesn't only work with touch, it also works with communication. When you're single, at any age, and you're looking at a new person, first of all, you have a little anxiety, you don't know if they like you or don't like you, then they text you, and if 
you start questioning why did he or she say that why didn't he answer my call there's all these little moments of not being so sure about things and if you can create that in your relationship you know a person for so many years and then they suddenly surprise you and they do something different right so creating variety Variety, something interesting, study something new together, even cooking, even taking a cooking class together, whatever, something different that brings you together. Mm, yeah, and I I guess in thinking about the busyness of life, you know, a lot of the couples that I work with, they're so busy. Some of them are entrepreneurs, they have their business, some of them work uh, full-time, both of them work full-time, then, you know, driving their kids to and throw to different places for those that have children. And there's just so much busyness and stress. And that really takes us away from our body when we're running around and mentally overwhelmed and over overstimulated. What are some things that couples could do to manage their stress so that they actually can reconnect to their body and their center so that they can be in that allowing mode and that being mode and that enjoying mode that's very different from the doing and go, go, go mode? Another great question (laughs) because we are so used to doing and it works for business and it works for taking care of your children and taking care of things. You have to bring your car in, you have to fix your computer, whatever you have to do, doing really can help. In a relationship, all that doing interferes. Somehow you really need to allow yourself to have a little space. So you need to understand that you need the space. You need to know yourself so you can speak up and set a boundary. Maybe maybe both of you are working and or one of you is at home earlier and you come to the door and they're in your face right away. Maybe you need 15 minutes to just be by yourself and calm down and then you'll be together. Or maybe you don't want to talk about all the problems right away. Maybe just be together for a little while, sit, have a cup of coffee or something together and unwind and then maybe over dinner discuss whatever the issues are. But it's like not to dump the problems on your partner, not to blame your partner for everything because so much has to do with other outside influences and we expect so much out of our partners. That's Mm -hmm. where a little bit of counseling can go a long way. If each of you goes for a few sessions and you get very aware of your own part, what your own needs are, how you're behaving that's affecting your partner, how your partner is affecting you. When you understand that, and you both understand that, it can really help the relationship. Mm. Now, let's say couples have been struggling with different challenges. Let's say one's frustrated that their partner's overworking and you're at home feeling the responsibility of child rearing and work and running around and you're dealing with these frustrations and you try to talk that out to try to understand each other and to try to problem solve and it feels like it's challenging. It's a challenging situation because there's only so much time in a day 
And how does a couple maybe maneuver through those instances while the, the kids like in the background, I need this, I need that. How do couples create that space to be able to one, f- come together, be on the same page, and then also create space so that all these other distractions that try to pull them away aren't as impactful and they can really stay to- connected with one another? What comes to mind is I've been reading a book called The One Thing. And what is that one thing? And the one thing is the love that you have with each other. Your purpose for getting together, the reason you chose this person and not somebody else. If you can remember that one thing, that you chose this person, you want this person, he or she is working hard, you're both working hard in different ways. That's an important thing to hold on to that special union that you have. And then also, what is the one thing that you need and the one thing that your partner needs above everything else? Mm-hmm. So if you can know that, maybe your partner needs you to say, oh, honey, you've had such a hard day. I understand. That may be all that the person needs. But you react like, um, oh, you're complaining again, you know, so they don't get to say it. So find out what the other person needs. And if at all you can give that, give it in the best way that you can. And also let them know you're attempting to give it. Because you may give it and it's not the way they're expecting it and they don't even realize you've given anything. So it's important to also say, I'm doing this. I want to please you. I want you to feel good, and I have so much to deal with that, you know, I need some soothing. Right. I need some hugging. I need maybe to not talk. So it's really, it is really challenging, and it's amazing that so many people get through it and stay together and do love each other. A lot of people don't get through it. They feel as though it's easier to split up, and sometimes afterwards they may rethink it and realize maybe we should not have split up. I would recommend before splitting up to go for some counseling and if you can get some body therapy for yourself, not even necessarily both of you, just to get in touch with the emotions and the feelings stored in your body with all those stresses. Right, so So the the main thing is really being able to uh, appreciate one another, have empathy for one another, put yourself in the other person's shoes, be able to communicate your need to one another, and to be able to really acknowledge each other and comfort and support each other along the way, while always keeping in mind that that one thing that drew you together of that loving partnership, keeping that top of mind above the stressors so that you have a clear compass uh, that keeps you on piece. track. <laughs> As you summarize this, I said there's another piece missing. Mm. You have to add a little excitement and fun. Good. I'm glad you asked. That you added that. It cannot all be about communication and sharing and making the person feel better and dealing with all your stresses. There has to be some fun. Great. For it somewhere else. So or you're going to be depressed. Right. So that brings me to my last question. So for the, the couples on the call, how can couples really create fun, adventure, excitement, passion in their day to day life? 
Can you give us some tips on some practical application that they can apply in their relationship to spice things up and keep things fresh and exciting? I think texting each other with something cute, not just saying I'm picking up the children or get the groceries, but something adorable, calling up on the phone and going to say something, asking, what are you wearing right now? You know, oh, I bet you look beautiful. You know, little titillating, sweet comments, the kind of thing you probably did when you were dating or the kind of thing that people do when they're cheating, you know, with the person they're cheating with. They send all those texts and they send pictures and they, you know, they do these kinds of things. So do a little bit of that Mm -hmm. or meet each other at a restaurant or a bar, like pretend to pick each other up. Just little cute things can make such a difference. If you do that once in a while, you get renewed that, yes, I do love this person and it is fun to be together. And if possible, spend a night at a hotel or go away or do something different. Sometimes it's not possible when you have children. So look at your children and love the fact that you have these children together rather than resenting them for taking your energy. It's A lot is your attitude, but if you're feeling a lot of stress and resentment, then you know that you need to take some time for yourself. You have to do something to help you. And that's where a type of body therapy might help or one or two counseling sessions. It doesn't have to be long-term. Right. I think also some other other things to add that I mentioned to couples is creating a date night so that they have that ongoing connection time to check in and have fun with each other again, to remember what it's like to have fun and be friends with one another. I think also being able to get support, whether it be a babysitter or family members to help so that you have an opportunity to create that space for yourself individually for your own self-care practice as well as for the partnership. Uh, like It you sounds ma- wonderful. Uh. I, I was just at this event and, and there was a guy there who's a licensed massage therapist. He has two other jobs. He has children. I mean, sometimes you really don't have the time. Right. Or the other thing, some people really don't have the money mm-hmm. for extra things. So if you have the time and if you have the money, that is so important to have regular date nights and fun. And I think also there are some ways that you can find uh, free activities that are going on in your community. Sometimes we there are meetup groups of, of couples with kids, couples without kids. So there are definitely exciting opportunities. Some of them pay, you know, where you have to pay for them. Some of them are free. So I think just getting creative and opening up and adding some some interesting dynamics is, is always helpful. And then also even couples massage, where you massage each other or incorporate for, foreplay and those random acts of kindness that, you or, know, similar to what you mentioned too, are nice. Or invite a therapist to the house and receive the massages at your house, Mm, mm -hmm. both of you, or one gift the other one. Mm -hmm. And just doing something pleasurable and fun. Your life together cannot all be about chores and responsibilities. Right. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on today's show. I know that you have a free gift that you'd like to share with our audience. Can you let them know what that is and how they can access it? Yes. I don't have the link in front of me, so it will be on your website. Yes, it will. It's a Touch Me Please video. It's part of a four-part series, Love Me, Touch Me, Heal Me, and Sexual and Spiritual Reawakening. Oh, I have wonderful. books by the, those titles, and these are videos. Oh, excellent. Wonderful. Well, it was so nice having you on today's show, Erica. Really enjoyed thank, it. Thank you so much, and you've summarized a lot of it very well. Great. Well, wonderful. So I'm your host, Andrea Corella with True Potential Counseling, and this is the Create a Relationship You Love Summit. Just to recap what we covered today, we talked about how to incorporate more uh, passion and pleasure in your day-to-day life, some practical tips on touch and creating an energetic connection with your partner, how to communicate more effectively and deal with the challenges and stressors of day-to-day so that you can stay connected both to yourself and to your partner, how to express needs and uh, deal with some of the day-to-day challenges, as well as staying connected through all the phases of your relationship uh, from your 20s, 30s, up to your 60s so that you can stay connected, close, and maintain that passionate connection. Stay tuned tomorrow where you'll find the next interview for the Create a Relationship You Love Summit. I can't wait to connect with you then and have a great day.